0: came from invisible things and so we put so much stock in what we can see but everything that you can see came from a world that you cannot see with your physical eyes this is very very important and so you know we say i'll believe it when i see it like we've never been fooled or deceived by something that we've seen we put so much confidence in what we can see and yet um you know my my uh, transitional lens the old people call them uh, elderly elderly people older people call them bifocals uh, if if I look at my tire just right where my bifocals, I got two flats. I don't know if you anybody wear bifocals. I'm like, and my tire's flat, and it's like, no, it's just the way the lens, you know. So again, what what you see, we put so much confidence in what we can see, um, but what we see deceives us and tricks us and lets us down all the time. Everything that's visible came from a, a realm that's invisible, and faith is the ability to see beyond this created realm into the realm that created it. Uh, So faith is the ability to see beyond this physical world, this created realm. Hope is the ability to see beyond what you're going through right now. Hope is a confident expectation that if things are difficult right now, they're going to be better in the future. This is the concept of expectation. Remember, faith gives substance to what you expect. If you're not expecting anything positive, then faith doesn't have anything positive to produce in your life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for or the substance of things expected. So hope is the ability to see beyond whatever you're going through right now. Love is the ability to see beyond yourself. Love is the ability to see beyond yourself. OK? The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness, okay? Are you with me? The opposite of hope is regret, and the opposite of faith is fear. Far too many of God's people are still trying to live their best life on a foundation of fear, regret, and selfishness. Are you hearing me this morning? So we were created and designed by God to live a life of faith, hope, and love. But listen to me. If you never learn to see beyond yourself, you'll never see beyond what you're going through right now. And if you never learn to see beyond what you're going through right now, you'll never learn to see beyond this created realm. So do you see how these three work together and why the greatest of these is love? We've got to get outside of ourselves. The devil has tried since you came into this world. He started really before that because he, he, he wanted your ancestors to be selfish and self-centered and self-focused so that you would be raised in an environment of selfishness, self-centered, and self-focusedness. Focusness. I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it up. Amen. So, again, your enemy has tried your whole life to get you to look to yourself, to trust in yourself, to have confidence in yourself, right? That's called selfishness. Amen. And so we've got to break that stranglehold. We've got to get out beyond that. We, this is why the Bible says faith works by love amen, when you start turning your attention towards what you can do for somebody else, how you can help somebody else, amen, now all of a sudden it's amazing how the expectations begin to change and how your faith begins to, to be energized and, and grow and all of these things begin to, to, to work for you, faith, hope, and love working for you as opposed to fear, regret, and selfishness working against you, amen, amen. That's, that's, that's good right there. I'm just telling you, that's the Holy Ghost good right there. He's telling us something this morning. And so we've got to understand this. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit within us versus the Holy Spirit upon us. I'm not trying to establish some hard and fast doctrine here. But again, if you begin to think of it this way, the Holy Spirit within you is for your benefit. The Holy Spirit upon you is for somebody else's. See so many times we, we want God to, to to work mightily and powerfully in our lives, but again it 's just another form of selfishness it 's something that we only want for ourselves what i 've learned in my own life is if, if you need God to do something in, in, in your life, then do something for somebody else i don 't think my mom and dad and mommy saying this They their home you know they, they bought a house in Helena and they've kept their home in Hueytown for the last eight, nine years, and they're finally ready to sell it. I've mentioned that a time or two here. Well, you know, there's this new thing in real estate called a home inspection. And a home inspector comes in there, and he's going to nitpick that house to pieces because that's what he's paid to do, right? And so then, you know, the buyer or the potential buyer takes that home inspection, and they do one of two things. They try to get you to negotiate down on the price, or it scares them to pieces, and they just back out of the whole contract, right? And uh, so my neighbor uh, has his house is under contract, and he says, "Look, I know you have you know carpentry skills." He said, "I need to hire you, man. I know you're busy, but I will pay you. I've got I've got some things on my home inspector's list, and I can't get anybody to come do this work." He said, "The people I talked to are six weeks out, and all this other stuff." I said, "Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus." I said, "Man, I, I will. Whatever it is, I'll do it for you for free." He says, no, I don't need you to do it for me for free. He says, I know you don't need me to do it for you free. I need to do it for you for free because I need to sow some of those seeds. I need to help you sell your house because I need somebody to help my mom and dad sell theirs. Are you seeing, are you seeing how this works? So I jumped at the opportunity, right? And plus it go just be a blessing to, to, to my neighbor. Amen. But see, notice now, um, I'm needing God to help me with something in my life. So now I could have said, look, man, I got youth camp next week. I got more to do than I can get done, but you just got to get somebody else. Well, no, see, I'm not about myself, amen? I'm going to get outside of myself and do something. Now, guess what? I have greater expectation for my parents' house. Are you seeing this, right? Because I was able to get outside myself and do something for somebody else in a similar situation. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? All right, I haven't even got past the title, not much less the introduction yet. But are you are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. So faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. And so when we we start talking about then, you know, the greatest of these is love because it breaks the strangled hold of selfishness, which empowers our expectations, which gives our faith something to give substance to, to to bring into fruition, to make real in our lives. Those expecting Jehovah pass. To power, so I've asked you some form of this question a couple of times. Are you including God and His Word in your imagined outcomes, or are you expecting to be disappointed? Father told me very pointedly uh, a few weeks back, several weeks back, that too many of His people are expecting to be disappointed. Our expectations are. Not for things to work out in our favor, but our expectations are disappointment. So expectations are an excellent measure of your thinking. Tell me what you're expecting and I can tell you how you're thinking. Not just what you're thinking. What you think is, is one thing, but how you process information is another thing altogether. Now I know I'm going fast here because I'm trying to get to a certain point this morning. Ephesians chapter three verse 20 is another verse that we've looked at the last few weeks. It says, "Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, according to the power that works in us." So what are you thinking? What are you asking? Amen there's power already at work inside of you that's able to do uh, abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. So the power to accomplish far above anything you could ask, think, or imagine is already at work inside of you. And so here's the bottom line. It is way past time for us to pass to power It is way past time for us to pass to power. When he says those who expect Jehovah pass to power, he's talking about getting beyond what you can accomplish yourself, getting beyond what the wisdom of men can accomplish in your life, and passing over into this arena where the power of God is at work. And if God is at work, my friend, there is no such thing as an impossibility. Now, I'm not going to go back through all these verses, but... Last week we looked at John chapter 4 and then we looked at John chapter 7 where Jesus told us something very, very important about the Spirit of God, the power of God. And, and in John chapter 4, the phrase that we pointed out was Jesus said, "...will become in him a fountain." will become in him a fountain. He's talking about the living water of God. He says it will become in him a fountain. And then he expounds upon that in chapter 7, where he says out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So he's talking about a fountain on the inside of you that will produce rivers of living water flowing from you. One more time, a fountain on the inside of you springing up that will produce rivers of living water flowing out of you now we could we could spend weeks on this but what we see of course in the word of god is that there's water that is flowing out from the throne of god and everywhere that water flows it brings life and everything that water touches it brings health and healing and prosperity it's 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 the life flow of god okay he's not talking about um literal water flowing out of your mouth he's talking about the living water the life force of god the life flow of god and in romans 8 we we have it further clarified in that in that this life flow of god this life force of god that will be in you and god desires to flow from you amen is none other than the holy spirit the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives and dwells inside of you if you are a born again believer. Come on now, that's something. So we got we to stir ourselves up. This is what I mean. Are, 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 are we, let me go back to it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to go back to it. Are you including God in His Word and your imagined outcomes, or are you expecting to be disappointed? In other words, when you begin to think about how things are going to unfold in any situation in your life, in your family, finances, future, whatever the case may be, right? As you begin to imagine these outcomes, how this is going to turn out, how this is going to work out, are you including in that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and is a fountain inside of me that's producing reverse, plural, of living water flowing forth from me, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, let's do this. Let's. I'm going to make a very obvious point, okay? We need the power of God working in our lives. We need the power of God working in our lives. As a matter of fact, we were never meant to live without the power of God working in our lives. We were never meant to live without the power of God working in our lives. Now, I'm not... I'm not you know, so many times, you know, people start talking about stuff they've dealt with, and and you know, people's like, well, you don't know what I've dealt with. We've all been through things, and the Bible says there's no issue that any of us have gone through that somebody else hasn't gone through. Okay, and so it's not about who's had it the roughest or the hardest. That's not what we're talking about here. But we've we've all had these experiences in life that, if we're not careful, they they tend to initially overwhelm us. But, see, we, we were never meant to hear bad news from the world without an awareness of God's power available to us to overcome a diagnosis, to overcome uh, some type of financial crisis, to overcome, uh, you know, some kind of bad news from a family member or a loved one or, or what have you. See, you, let me, let me, I'll, I'm going to step off subject just to make the point. When Paul, by the Holy Spirit, explained to us um what happens when someone who knows the Lord leaves this earth, passes, that that to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, and, and that that their bodies will, will be taken out of the graves, even out of the seas, if they were buried at sea, and that the dead in Christ will rise first, and at the at the rapture of the church, those who are alive and remain. will be caught up together with him. He explained all this to us, right? And then he said two things. He said, number one, this is why we should sorrow or grieve, but not as those who have no hope. You see, it's one thing to grieve the loss of a, of a loved one or a family member, right, um, with hope. And it's another thing to grieve the loss of a family member without hope. Sister uh, Naomi's brother went home to be with the Lord this past week. Well, obviously, uh, she you know, is sorrowful about that, but it's the, the sorrow that she has is tempered with the hope that he's no longer in her past, but he's now in her future. Are you seeing this? So when, when we grieve and sorrow um, as, as, as people on this earth... Um, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. So then he went on to say, so comfort one another with these words. All right. Now, if you can understand that concept, let's take that same concept and let's bring it back over here. Right? You're given some bad report. Well, it's one thing to be given a bad report with no access to the power of God. It's another thing to be given a bad report with the power of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, living inside of you. Now when it comes to the, the loss of a loved one if we're not careful why do you think Paul told them not to sorrow as those who have no hope because there were people who were who were grieving and 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 you know just carrying on and on as if they would never see that person again as if that person no longer existed as if that person was somehow you know buried in the ground and trapped in a coffin or something along those lines and Paul's like look I understand you being upset about this but but you got to remember that this person is with Jesus and they're in a better place and we're going to see them again. Are you, th- are you hearing me this morning? This is so very important. So, so when we talk about you know, the same situation you know, or, or, the, or the same uh, understanding then when it comes to the power of God working in our lives, um, we, c- we can't fail to factor that in. We can't leave that out of the equation or out of the thought process, okay? So we know that is that what is possible for men was never supposed to be your limit. What's possible for men was never supposed to be your limit. So the power of God working in you and through you was how you were designed by God. We when I say we were never meant to live without the power of God, we we were we, first of all we can't. The power of God it holds atoms together. I mean, you, you, you find what I'm saying. Uh, in other words, the, the idea that that uh, you know people who deny God deny the power of God. Um, it, it's 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 his electrical impulses in in their brains and in their bodies that are keeping them alive. You know, so so the power of God is is everywhere and it's evident everywhere. Um, but we know that there are measures and levels and, and degrees to which the power of God is able to work in and for and through a person's life. And so you were never meant to live without the power of God, not just as an option, not just as something you can turn to, but we were meant to, to live every day of our lives with the power of God at work in and through our lives. And so God's answer, of course, for sin was the blood of Jesus, But the blood of Jesus that restored us back into right standing with God was what made the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you and me possible. Okay? But that wasn't all that Father God had for us. The Bible says, greatest prophet born of a woman, anybody know John the Baptist? And John the Baptist was given the unique assignment of identifying the Messiah when the Messiah came onto the forefront of human events. And, of course, we know that Messiah was none other than Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Christ from Nazareth. And we know that when John the Baptist saw him, he declared, "...behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." The other thing that John the Baptist said Jesus would do for you and me, he would take away our sin and he would baptize us in the Holy Ghost, a complete immersion in the power of God, not just a sprinkling of the power on you, okay, but the Holy Spirit, the very power of God that empowered Elijah, Elisha, Samuel, Moses, David, all all these men and women that we see in the Old Testament, Gideon, we could go on and on, they did what they were able to do. They accomplished what they were able to accomplish because they passed, they expected Jehovah and they passed over into the power of God. But we see that the, the power of God was upon them, not within them. The Holy Spirit came upon King David, the Bible says. And and so we see that it was given to him in portion or in measure. The Bible also prophesied that there was coming a day when God's people would be completely baptized in, completely immersed in, not a little sprinkling upon, but a complete immersion within the same power that empowered all of those mighty men and women of God in the Old Testament. Now, if I'm stretching you this morning, let's be stretched because this this, this is where we are. And and, and not only is this where we are, this is what a lot of people are missing out on. So Jesus came to take away your sins. He came to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. There there are no two greater things uh, in in the Word of God, amen, than, than to receive the gift of salvation and then to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there are also, listen to me, those two things are where we find the greatest controversy the greatest debate the greatest arguments no two doctrines have brought more division to god's people than different opinions about what it means for your sins to be taken away and for you to be baptized in the holy spirit wouldn't it have been nice if God had written a book to tell us clearly, definitively, what those two experiences actually are and what they look like? Amen. And of course, I'm being sarcastic because he did write a book to tell us exactly there should not be all of this confusion. The devil is the author of confusion. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? These things are crystal clear in the scriptures. It's, it, it amazes me. It amazes me how people believe things about these two experiences that are absolutely positively not supported by Scripture. But again, it's no coincidence. Because the devil never wants you to be born again. He never wants the Spirit of God to come and live on the inside of you. But then after you've been born again and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, he absolutely does not want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit who lives within you to come up out of you in overflowing abundance and rest upon you. So... I think it's a given. It's obvious that we need the power of God working in our lives. Here's an important question that each one of us needs to answer. Do you want the power of God working in your life? Do you want the power of God working in your life? Now, I believe I've got the right bunch this morning who does want the power of God working in their lives. But let me tell you something. This may come as a surprise to you. It may not, okay? But there are a whole lot of God's people who do not want His power working in their life. They don't understand it. They're scared of it. But I'm going, to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what the overwhelming majority of it boils down to. Is you can't have the power of God working in your life and you remain in control of your life. See, so you, you've got to relinquish control. Am I right about it? You've got to yield to God you've got to come to the end of yourself it does it doesn't say ask God for wisdom it says if you lack wisdom ask God for wisdom meaning you've got to come to a point where you say I can't fix this I don't know what to do about this I, I've controlled this and this is where it's gotten me so I'm gonna have to recognize that what I'm doing is not working You may be doing all that you know to do. Aren't you glad this morning that there is more to do than what you know to do right now? But see, if you're going to pass over into the power of God, you're going to have to trust Him instead of yourself. You're going to have to yield to Him instead of keeping on doing what you've been doing up until this point. So do you want the power of God working in your life? Now, let me... Praise the name of the living God. John 14. Let's go there. We haven't looked at these verses yet. Let's go to John 14. Give you a few verses to support what we're talking about now. John 14. Let's look at 16 and 17. We could look at a lot more here, but let's just for sake of time do this. John 14 and 16. Jesus speaking. He says, I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells, look at the prepositions now, he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, he wasn't in them yet, he was only with them. The Holy Spirit was with them. But there was coming a day where Jesus said he would be in them. And we looked at some other verses last week. What we see, of course, is that Jesus has not yet been to the cross. He has not yet paid the penalty for all mankind's sin, which means there's no uh, eternal sacrifice yet in place for their sin problem to be uh, dealt with. But as soon as that happens, the Holy Spirit who was with them when Jesus was saying these words initially was going to be in them. And notice Jesus said, when he comes to be in you, how long will he stay? Verse 16, he'll abide with you forever, forever, okay? So this is the Holy Spirit within now, I'm going to fast forward. We're at John 14. Let's go to John chapter 20, verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I put that in parentheses under that verse. You won't find that in the Bible. But this is when the disciples were born again. Because if you're familiar with how the book of John reads, in John chapter 20, Jesus has already been uh, crucified, he's been buried, and he's been raised from the dead. So in John chapter 20, Jesus has appeared now to his disciples. And when he appears to them, he speaks peace to them. And then he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So what's got to be in place for a man or woman to be born again? They have to believe in their heart that Jesus is the Son of God. They have to believe that God has raised Him from the dead. And of course, they believed He was the Son of God. Now He has been raised from the dead and they're looking at Him. They believe that He's been raised from the dead. And so Jesus breathes on them and says to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is when the Holy Spirit who was with them now came to abide in them. He's in them now. Okay? All right? But notice what Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." So the same bunch that he breathed on and said, receive the Holy Spirit, they receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in them, but yet he says to this same bunch, now when the fullness of time comes, and that's the day of Pentecost, that's, I'm going to go, I don't have time to break down all the dates and times, but it's, it's basically 40 days from that day, okay? Um, Jesus was crucified on the Passover, Right? Fifty days past Passover, Pente 50, is Pentecost. It's a Feast of Pentecost, okay? So on the day of Pentecost, it was a Jewish feast day. This is when the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on the earth. And so notice they've already received the Holy Spirit within. Now they're going to receive the Holy Spirit upon them. So you've got the Holy Spirit within you versus the Holy Spirit upon you. Are you with me? Praise God. So being baptized in the Holy Spirit does not mean you get more of the Holy Spirit. It means the Holy Spirit gets more of you. He's not an apple pie that you get a slice when you're born again and you get another slice when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit without measure, the Holy Spirit of God, now dwells inside of you as a born-again believer. That's the Holy Spirit within. Amen. And He is inside of you and He is working inside of you. He is working to perform. He is working to give you the desires and giving you the ability to do what God put you on this earth to do. Amen. But the Holy Spirit who is within you, The Bible says that same Holy Spirit will come up out of you. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit that's inside of you. Remember, fountain river, fountain springing up, river flowing out. Now the Holy Spirit inside of you, coming up from within you. Now He's coming upon you. And He's empowering you with the ability to do things in this life that you could never do. Do things in your body that you could never do, amen, apart from His power being upon you. All right, I got to do this part, and then we're going to do communion. Okay, can we? Can you? Just, a couple more minutes. Everybody, good. Yes. Okay. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit happens when the Holy Spirit on the inside overflows your being and comes upon you on the outside. Now, he, here is where I'm wanting to get you to see this in in, in a. In a practical application all right so let me give you just a simple uh, a a simple uh, statement here if the power of God created it why do we think anything less than the power of God can fix it if the power of God created it why do we think anything less than the power of God can fix it you see we keep trying to fix what is broken in our lives and in this world with things like money government technology legislation persuasion time and the wisdom of men Money did not create this world, and money cannot fix what's wrong with this world. Money did not create this world. Money didn't create it, and money can't fix it. We keep throwing money at it. We have printed trillions of dollars in the last year and a half just to address a problem called COVID-19. And yet, not only is it still with us, it's starting to surge yet again. We don't, we don't need more money. We need the power of God. What's broken here, money can't fix. But yet we put our confidence and our trust in money. We think, well, we'll just spend our way out of this. We'll borrow our way out of this. My friend, it's not going to happen. Because if money didn't create it, then money can't fix it. Governments and legislation, laws, all of these things are important, but they, again, they didn't create this world and they can't fix what's broken in your life and they can't fix what's broken in this world. Yet do you realize how many people on this planet, listen to me now, but, but I'm not just talking about everybody on this planet, do you realize how many of God's people on this planet look to the government to fix what's wrong in their life, what's wrong in their family, what's wrong with their children, what's wrong with their finances, what what what, what we need, we we look to the government for these things. How about persuasion? If we, if we could just talk to them, if we could just get them to sit down and re, and re, listen, you can't reason with the devil. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. He's a relentless negotiator. He'll talk to you as long as you'll talk to him. He'll make you think you're making progress just so that he can rip the rug out from under you at the most inopportune time of your life. You can't negotiate with him. Persuasion. This idea that we could just get all the world's leaders to sit down around a table and, and if they were just listening, we could just talk. No, no, listen, that's not going to fix. Persuasion did not create this world. Persuasion cannot fix what's broken in this world. Technology. I enjoy technology. Technology is not our answer. We're a more technologically advanced society and world today than we have ever been in the history of mankind. And yet, the same problems, the same issues If anything, money, government, legislation, all these things that we look to to fix it are making it worse. Used to be to go buy pornography, you had to you know, put on a, 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 a bandana or a hoodie or fake mustache and, and go to some store to buy it. Now it's just right there. But technology is going to save us, isn't it? No it's, no, it's not. The other thing that we put so much confidence in is man's wisdom. What, is, what, is, what, is, what can the world do? What's the world say? What, what answers do they have for us? My friend, again, man's wisdom did not create this world, and none of these things can fix it. So how did God create the world? Follow me now. God created this world by speaking words of wisdom and power carried out by the Holy Spirit. God created this world by speaking. See, I just, some of you just got your, your senses offended. It's okay. This is how God created. We're talking about if, if, if money didn't create it, money can't fix it. So then what did create it? Because if we find out what created it, we can find out how to fix it. And God created this world. By speaking words of wisdom and power carried out by the Holy Spirit. If you read it in Genesis, you see that as God was in, in heaven speaking, the Holy Spirit was hovering, literally fluttering over the face of the deep, carrying out the words of God's wisdom and the words of God's power that were being spoken. And by the way, this would be the same Holy Spirit who now abides in you the same Holy Spirit who now abides in you is the same Holy Spirit that was fluttering over the face of the deep when the earth was without form and void and darkness covered everything. The Holy Spirit fluttered there waiting for words of wisdom and power to be spoken so that those words of wisdom and power could create what we now know as planet earth. If that's what if that's what created planet earth, then guess what has the power and ability to fix what's broken in your life and what's broken on planet earth? This is why God says in Acts chapter, Isaiah rather, chapter 51 verse 16, Isaiah 51 and 16, what does he say? He says, I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. God is saying that, that that He is going to put His hand upon you, upon a people, and then He's going to put His words in those people's mouths so that those people can speak the Word of God into the three heavens, amen, Plant those heavens so that the foundations of the earth can be put in place. Psalms tells us that the foundations of this planet are broken and are out of place. They need to be put back into place. What established the foundations of the world It's the word of God, the wisdom of God spoken in power, carried out by the Holy Spirit. Are you still with me? I'm going fast here. Lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. Now, watch what happens in Acts chapter 2. And they were all filled. These are the same ones that already received the Holy Spirit. Now they're filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing. The Holy Spirit within now comes upon them. And what happens? They begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. Who spoke? The people spoke. If you ever speak in tongues, it will be you speaking. Amen. It will be you speaking as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. What does utterance mean? Utterance means words are literally the sounds of the words. <clears throat> Who Are y'all all singing or just John Markle? What's happening? Come on. Come on, praise God. So let's get it straight. They spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. Are you connecting all this together? I know I'm going fast here. How did God create this world? He created this world by speaking words of wisdom and power carried out by the Holy Spirit. Is this world broken? Are there some things on this earth that need to be fixed? Can money fix it? Can government fix it? Can legislation fix it? Can persuasion fix it? My favorite is time. If you just wait long enough, it'll be fixed. No, no, my friend, we've waited long enough. Time's not going to fix it. Time's not going to fix it. Technology's not going to fix it. Man's wisdom is not going to fix it. It's because none of those things created it. What created it? God speaking words of wisdom and power carried out by the Holy Spirit. Now, here we are, On earth, God's people, His hand not only upon us, His Holy Spirit within us. Now, notice what He's wanting us to do. He's wanting us to surrender to Him so that the Holy Spirit on the inside of us can give us words to speak. So He can give you words to speak. Words, the Bible says in in Corinthians, not words that man's wisdom teaches. He's talking about giving you words to speak that are from God's wisdom. Amen. It's an unknown language. It's the language spoken by angels. If you're a born-again believer, you are a citizen of heaven, and when you speak in an unknown tongue, you are simply speaking your native tongue. And we are speaking... Words of God's wisdom, words of God's power carried out by the Holy Spirit. You see, this is how things get corrected. This is how things get fixed this is how the impossible becomes possible because notice what's happened the holy spirit within us is now the holy spirit upon us and we've just passed from what we can do and stepped over into what he can do but see we don't understand how he works we 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 think that he's some kind of hocus pocus or some kind of abracadabra but even in the hocus pocus and the abracadabra where notice that the devil is using people speaking words and waving a wand right to, to make something impossible happen but no 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 see how does God? do it he 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 uses your voice he uses your lips he uses your ability as a child of god on planet earth to speak but then his holy spirit in power gives you words to speak amen that will then recreate that will reproduce are you hearing me that will that will repair things that that human beings cannot repair it is one of the greatest gifts that the body of Christ has ever been given. It is one of the things that the devil fears the most. And it's the reason so many of God's people are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's because the devil comes against them with resistance. They come, they're afraid of it. They don't understand it. There's, man, there's so many people in the body of Christ that say it's not even for today. Romans 8. I gotta finish, but I'm I'm not finished yet, so just stay with me. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. The word here is the, the word weaknesses in the King James is the word infirmities. Can I tell you what it means? It literally means the inability to get results. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed some results and you couldn't get the results? You needed some help and you and everybody you turned to, nobody could help you. Nobody had an answer for you. Nobody had a solution for you. Nobody had anything they could do for you to help you. He says, likewise, the Spirit. Remember Jesus said He would be a helper. He would come to help you, right? See, He's he's here to help us, but we don't understand the kind of help that that He's offering us. We don't understand the help that He brings to us, right? But listen, He's going to explain it here. The Spirit also helps in our inability to get results. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself, the Holy spirit is not an it he's the third person of the trinity the holy spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered he's talking about words that cannot be spoken in articulate speech he again talking about unknown tongues right and notice he says he um now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of god and we know all things work together for the good Those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. See, here's the problem we've got today people know that verse, but they don't know verse uh, 27 and 26. You hear people throw that around all the time all things work together for good of those who are called, all things work together for the all things work together, all things work together, all things work together, all things work together, first of all, for those who love God. But the context of this is when we don't know what to do, we allow the Holy Spirit to speak words of God's wisdom and power through us, giving us the utterance, giving us words to speak that we may not know. In, a, in He can give you words to speak in English, but He also will give you words to speak that you have no natural understanding of. Stand with me this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Let's just pause in His presence for a moment, please. Thank you, Jesus. Here's the, here's the simple prayer that I'm going to ask you to pray this morning, okay? The simple prayer I'm going to ask you to pray is this. Father, if it, I want everything you have for me. I want, I want everything that you have for me. Everything that Jesus paid the ultimate price for me to experience and enjoy and do for you. I, I want that in my life. Now, you know, religion tells you don't pray for patience. You never know what'll happen. You pray for That's just ridiculous. Amen. Okay. Um, it's like we got to give some kind of warning if we're going to pray for, for patience or perseverance. Okay. Um, that's it, not necessary. All right. But A warning may be necessary here. Amen. (laughs) Because if if you want everything that he has for you, um, it's it's probably going to include some things that that, uh, um, maybe some of your denominational friends don't believe in. Are you hearing me? Amen. So, Father, we ask you this morning for everything that Jesus paid the ultimate price for us to have. Father, we, we have tried to fix what's broken with our own effort, our own understanding. We we've tried to make changes and those changes don't last father. We can't change ourselves. But you can change us because you created us. And so father, we ask you this morning for the Holy Spirit and you said that if we ask for the Holy Spirit it would be like a child asking a, a parent for food. It's a simple request. And it's easily granted. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit within us. Makes such a difference in our daily lives. More than perhaps any of us even understand because we've lived with him inside of us so long we don't know what it's like to be without him. But Father, the world that we live in needs people who have the Holy Spirit within them and needs people who have the Holy Spirit upon them. Jesus, you went about in the power of the Holy Spirit doing good, destroying the works of the devil. And that's our desire, to follow your example. Father, I thank you for healing this morning. I thank you for deliverance and breakthrough this morning. I thank you, Father, for the wisdom that only comes from you welling up inside of us this morning. Answers, Father, that have seemed so far and so impossible, Lord, that now are coming and flowing freely. I thank you, Father, that you are bringing a level of awakening to us. So much talk in the world, Father, about people being awakened or being woke. Um, Father, again, it's just the world trying to steal your terminology and your words. And so, Father, I thank you that you are waking up your people to the power that's within us to the power that can be upon us and the assignment Lord that each one of us, the destiny that each one of us has in your kingdom in Jesus name in Jesus name, amen alright let's, um, let's start with the uh, the wafer and I know this is a little bit got one that's been a little difficult. I got it, brother. Thank you. Amen. 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 Jesus, as we stand before you this morning, the first thing we want to say in this moment is thank you for what you've done for us. And the second thing that we just want to simply confirm, Lord, by way of confession is that we are among those who believe that you took our sin and nailed it to a cross died a horrible death, punished in our place, buried went to death, hell in the grave defeated Satan rose victoriously on the third day and when you were raised from the dead you raised all of us up together with you Jesus we, we believe that We don't just believe it, Father. This is who we've now become. We are this. And so, Jesus, you told us to do this in remembrance of you and as we hold this unleavened wafer in our hands, one never corrupted by yeast, we recognize that your blood and your body was the only blood and body that could be sacrificed for us. And so as we partake in obedience by faith this morning, I thank you that everything that you intended by your sacrifice is coming to pass in fruition in our lives. Let's partake of the bread together, please. Father we now take the cup as I close my eyes I I picture you Father sitting on your throne with Jesus there at your right hand observing us as we do what we're doing now the Holy Spirit in us giving us the wisdom and the ability to not only partake of communion but to Understand and have even deeper revelation of what all of this means and what it all represents. Jesus, thank you for your blood. You didn't have to do it. You did it, first of all, for your father and now made him my father and every person's father in this room. And then you did it for me. And you did it for all of us. And so again, we say thank you. And we ask that by the Holy Spirit, we have a deeper understanding of just what it means to be washed in this blood. Whiter than snow. Pure and holy now. Because of what you've done for us. And so as we partake by faith, we do so believing that you've made us worthy to drink of this cup, that you've made us one with you. In Jesus' name, let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Before they were dismissed, the Bible says they sang a hymn, so let's follow that example and then we'll be dismissed. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. The Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. And um, I've been given a desire, amen. I have desired for some time to be invited to speak at the uh, Love Lady Center. and um, I'll be ministering up there tonight at 6 o'clock. So if you uh, think about me around that time, I appreciate you being in agreement with me. Amen for the Word of God to come in wisdom and power. Um, I understand there's around 400 ladies <laughs> that are going to be there, and um, the Lord's already told me He's going He's going to give me a, a, a vision of a, of a packed house. Amen. And uh, so uh, something that because uh, my my belief is that this house is packed. Amen. So uh, so praise God. Amen. 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 So we're uh, we're excited about that. Praise God. Well. Shake somebody's hand, hook somebody's neck, tell somebody around you good things coming, whatever you like to do, amen. Be blessed. Um, I see some of you in the morning, some of you uh, uh, Wednesday, amen. You have a great week, and thank you for being here this morning.